It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas here with you. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Zach. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I meant to mention this earlier in the week, but we got a um, a little swag pack from uh, our friends over uh, to the east of us over in Georgia, over in Macon, Georgia, Fall Line Brewing, and uh, they sent you a shirt and a hat and a stuff. I need to get that to you. Uh, yeah. I love shirts and hats and stuff. It's in my car. It's in my car. I compiled it all for you. But, uh... Yeah, we actually found them. You and I discovered them together at Frisky Whiskey. And it says on their cans, um, beer that tastes like the weekend. And I looked at you, I'm like, I love the weekend. I bet the weekend tastes delicious. And so I tried it, and I'm like, this is, this is fantastic. Uh, I tried their, um, one of their coffee stouts because, you know, I'm a big fan. If it's a coffee stout, I'm going to try it. And I reached out to them, like, hey, can we, like, you know, give you some love on the podcast? And they're like, absolutely. And they sent us stuff. So. I think that's pretty cool. I do too. That's awesome. All right, cool. So Auburn is a top 10 team now. And so I kind of want to look at the coaches poll again. Now that there's no Big Ten and Pac-12, they're out of here for 2020. Get out of here. I also think it's kind of funny because I don't really miss any of the teams. (laughs) Once you go through, it's like, is anybody missing other than Ohio State? Uh, But yeah, I thought we'd go through that and kind of give Auburn some love. The fact that now they're in the top top 10 because they were just outside of it. They were 11th, right? But... Clemson at one, Alabama at two, Georgia at three, LSU four, Oklahoma five, Florida six, Notre Dame seven, Auburn now number eight, AM number nine, Texas is at number 10, Oklahoma State 11, UNC 12, 13, UCF, Cincinnati is at 14, Virginia Tech at 15, Iowa State at 16, Tennessee at 17, Kentucky at 18. Memphis at 19, 20th is Baylor, then Louisville, Miami, App State, Navy, and Virginia rounding out the top 25. I think this is funny because I I really don't notice anyone missing other than Ohio State. I know a lot of people are going to say like Notre Dame and stuff, but I I just don't think college football would miss a whole lot if they played a whole season. Is that too harsh of me? Notre Dame's number seven. You're right. You're right. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Uh, yeah, man, I, I think I think we'd miss a lot of these schools, even if for it's just for the camaraderie or, or other little things. You know, I mean, the Penn State whiteout game, that's always exciting to watch uh, just because it's it's I mean, it's really incredible that they that they managed to, to pull that off with all their fans. And, that, and that's a credit to them. Uh, who doesn't love Iowa playing Wisconsin to like a 10 to 7 game at 11 a.m. in November when it's just like snowing? See, I feel like we're romanticizing things just because we know we're not going to have them. Yeah, I mean, that may be true also, but I, I do enjoy that. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'm just weird, but I, I mean... Um, I mean, obviously, it, give me as many possible games you know that you can, but it's just I think we're romanticizing a lot of things because it's not there. I mean, as far as just the national relevancy, I've always been really hard on Penn State because you know, like you got to rank them in the top fifteen because of what they've done over the last five to six years. But 
as far as like national relevancy in the end picture of college football, I just don't think they're that relevant because they're not going to beat Ohio State when it comes down to it. So I, I just the Big Ten to me plays out the same every single year. I mean, you could you could kind of say the same thing about the SEC. Could you? I mean, you, you could make the same argument that you no, know, in the end, are the teams really going to beat Alabama? And they do. I mean, Auburn does it every other year. And then what LSU did last year. And you got to think Georgia's eventually going to do it. I disagree. I don't think you can. Even when even when Auburn does it every other year, Alabama can they can still win. I guess. Right? But, saw, but they've and, had and even the SEC's like even had the three teams that, make the national championship though since the playoffs started, right? Yeah, I, I mean, even it's the same thing that happened to Ohio State when when Penn State beat them a couple of years ago, right? Ohio State still went to the college football playoff. I guess maybe I'm being. Maybe I'm being too um, maybe I'm being too cavalier about it. I don't. I mean, and maybe you're not. Maybe people will agree with you. I don't know. Um, I love Michigan going like ten and one every season, and then losing again to Ohio State with the playoff on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always an exciting day. Sure. Um. Uh. Yeah. So six Big Ten teams. I was actually shocked at the number. When I went through, because I did go through it last night, and there's six Big Ten teams, excuse me, and three, uh, three Pac-12 teams. I was surprised at that number, also. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I don't know what the Pac-12 teams. I don't really think you, you miss that much uh, at all. I do agree with you there, especially since they play at like two o'clock in the morning, right? Eastern time for our Atlanta friends, um, but yeah, I think I, I think I'll miss a few of these Big Ten teams. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm going to miss. I mean, Ohio State is my number two team. I married into an Ohio State family, and you know, I, I try to go to Ohio State game every year now. But obviously, that will not happen this year for multiple reasons. But yeah, I, I just I don't know, man. I think I think a lot of people are romanticizing things that we just know we're not going to have this year, but. Once again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too harsh on the Big Ten. Uh, I really don't know. Um, Mississippi State still can't find a way in the top 25. Just got to point that out there. Uh, is that surprising? Um, they got votes, right? I mean, when we did this originally, we were talking about, oh, wow, they got votes. That's crazy. Wait, so um, just to clarify, is this an actual poll that got released, or did you just go through and the the teams. I just moved the and teams. bumped them up. Yeah, I just bumped them. Up. I just took out all the the teams. That okay, playing. That was that was what I thought, but I did want to make sure. Um, I mean, surely the order wouldn't change, yeah. right? If they were to redo the same poll. No, I yeah, I have no idea. That that's why I asked because I think that would be hilarious if they redid the same poll. <laughs> <laughs> it came over and they were like, nah. And they like changed the order, and it's like, wait, why is Texas higher than it used to be? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um. All right, cool. Hey, uh, a former Auburn uh, legend uh, has entered the coaching sphere. We'll talk about him next right here on Locked on Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. 
And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. We all love Chris Davis. We remember the kick six fondly. And uh, Chris Davis is still around, had a short stint in the NFL after going undrafted. But he is now coaching defensive backs at Pinson Valley. So I thought that was cool. Uh, articles popping up on uh, you know multiple different platforms yesterday kind of showcasing that. And I think that's great. Um, mainly, I want to bring this up. One, to give Chris Davis a shout-out, but two, we could, it just gives us an excuse to talk about the kick six for two seconds. Yeah, I'm really happy for him. You know, Pinson Valley seems like a, a good place with a good program. They've got a big uh, defensive back recruit this season. Obviously, Bo Nix is from there. Right. Uh, so this is a, a great opportunity for him, you know? Where, and and I'm, I'm pumped for him. Where were you uh, for the pick six? You were in the student section, right? Yes, I was in the fourth row with my older sister. She got us like uh, somehow got us like in the SGA block, I think. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Didn't even see him back there until he caught it. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's he doing back there? Oh, we got a guy back there. And then I was like, oh man, he can run this back. Oh, he's still going. Oh my gosh, he's gonna do it. Incredible. Yeah, and then you kind of like couldn't see him. Because of all the pl- other players in the way, because he was on the Auburn sideline, right? Um, and then you obviously could hear the crowd and and see him pop out there uh, at the end of the pack, and everyone just going crazy. You know, we need content right now. If you have a kick six story, please reach out to us two zero five five zero two four two eight five. Speaking of returning kicks, we got a listener question two zero five five zero two four two eight five. Justin from Lafette. Sent us a text asking, um, who is going to return kickoffs this year? My gut reaction is Shivers will be back there. I think I've heard some things about Kobe Hudson, the natural wide receiver, um, returning kicks back there, possibly getting a look. Tut returned punts, uh, and he's kind of gotten some preseason recognition for returning punts last year. Could they possibly transition him to returning kicks? I think that could be interesting to see. Do you have any uh you have any guys that um you would be excited to see return kicks this year? I don't know about Kobe Hudson, man. Might be too natural of a wide receiver. Yeah, what it, if he just it, starts running routes back there? Yeah, that's true. You know, is he is he a natural kick returner? I mean, who knows? I oof, I don't I haven't I haven't heard that yeah. particularly. I, I've really just heard um how natural of a wide receiver he is. Right. That's what they say about him. So I don't know. Okay. My, I feel like Matthew Hill could do it for some reason. Okay, defensive back Matthew Hill. Yep, I don't have a uh, a real strong reason to tell you. I mean, obviously he's a very good athlete, but um, I don't know. Usually, I feel like it's one defensive back and one offensive skill position player. Right. Right. So I I don't know. I have no idea. That's a, this is a that's a very good question, uh, and usually isn't it a different guy for punts and kicks? Normally, yeah, it normally is. And uh, uh, Shivers has done it before, so I do like the Shivers, the Shivers pick there. Man, I'm trying to think. Yeah, if I had to pick who has the most return yards for Auburn at the end of the year, kick return yards, I'm going. I'm going with Worm. I'm going with Shivers there. 
think it's a pretty good pretty good number. I also good, think that's a yes. good way for Malzahn and the coaching staff to kind of give a nod to Shivers, be like, hey, man, we're trying to get you involved. You're just kind of not our typical, you know, stable running back. And so I think that's a way to get him, you know, a few more touches a game, possibly, to keep him happy. Hopefully it only gets him one more touch per game. Oh, you know wow. Okay. Okay. Shut out every game. Is that what you're saying? That would be nice. All right. I, I don't disagree with you. That would be very... Very nice. All right, we'll head to our second break a little early because our next Twitter question may take some time. Shout out to Colonel Steve. So that is coming up in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. The gloat, Colonel Steve, he tweeted this actually uh, a while ago. We just hadn't really gotten to it. Um, But he tweets saying, at... Or hey at Z Blackerby at Couch Potato and at Locked On Auburn Podcast Family. I asked this question before the start of last season: Who is the player on both sides of the ball who Auburn would be hurt the most by losing? Last year, I think the consensus was Tega and Noah. Your thoughts? I think the offensive one's obvious. Um, I think the discussion will come on the defensive side of the football. Because you and I disagreed on, uh, or you and I disagreed with people on, on Twitter that they said, uh, oh, and Papo, and we'll get to that in a moment. But I mean, obviously on offense, it's Bo Nix, right? Is there any other? I mean, you maybe could make the argument for Seth Williams, but I think it's up in a way, Bo Nix. Uh, I, I think Bo Nix is the definite number one. Really quick, Zach, before we really dive into this, have you noticed that Colonel Steve has started planning events for us? Um, on, uh, yeah, a little on bit. He's either tweeting about uh, Locked on Auburn or he's tweeting about the latest uh, book slash novel he's reading. I've noticed he's he replies to people and is like, uh, he'll answer and then be like, and then Locked on Auburn golf tournament. Locked on Auburn get together in Orlando. <laughs> locked on Auburn. I'm like, yes, Colonel Steve. Colonel Steve, if we, were, if we were able to do the whole Orlando thing, would Auburn basketball goes to play in that tournament down there? in the non-conference season, if you set that up and we are able to attend, we will go down there. I've already got permission from my wife, so that is fine. So, uh, Colonel wow. Steve, uh, make that happen. Absolutely. And if I could if I could pull off planning a golf tournament, I would be so in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love you, Colonel Steve. He's the best. He is the absolute best. It is contagious enthusiasm. I love it. We need more of that. We need more people to be like that. There's no question. All right, so as far as, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Bo Nix, right? I mean, so should we make like the argument just for conversation's sake for other people on the offense, or do we just kind of dive in with Bo Nix here? Yeah, we can. I can make the argument for someone else. Okay. Uh, the center, Nick Brahms. Really? I mean, I know that he's the only returner on the offensive line. You could argue that center is the most important position on the offensive line, especially in college, right? It's his job to get the offensive line playing as one unit. Um, and, and he's really the only center that has experience on Auburn's roster. 
Okay. And if he if he goes down, let's say in camp, we're talking about a completely new offensive line, potentially with a true freshman starter at center. And that is and that's a tall task for anyone to step into. If he went down, who would it be? Cam Stutz, I'm guessing? Maybe. I think Trey Jernigan is on that the center depth chart right now. Okay. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't even know who, who his backup would be. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the argument of that is, you know, what is his ceiling to begin with? Um, or do you just kind of want stable, safe at center with kind of all the changing parts around it? You know, so I, I get what you're saying there. I, I think if it's not Bo, it's Seth, just because I think the drop off from Seth to Eli or Seth to Schwartz is so drastic that Auburn would have a really hard time finding another number one unless one of these massive true freshman receivers that a lot of people are really high on. Cody Burns seems to be very high on, you know, with letting guys like Zach Farrar get away from him. You know, unless one of those guys steps up and is able to make an impact. But I just feel like if Seth were to go down early in the season, it would really kind of waste, not necessarily waste, but it would really put a damper on one of the three years that, we assume three years, that Auburn will have with Bo Nix. And I think that would be a huge bummer. Yeah, my, I guess, retort to that would just be, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Devil's advocate here would be that um, right now we're seeing a lot of true freshman wide receivers who are able to kind of step in and play right away and play at a very high level. And, And I'm not saying that, you know, one of the three guys that you just mentioned, the, the big-bodied freshmen are, are capable of doing that or are, are you know, could step in and be as good as Seth Williams has been. Um, we, we don't really know that. Yeah. But, you know, we have seen that uh, across college football. Um, again, I, I agree with you, but, yeah. you know, devil's advocate for discussion's no, for sure. sake. for sure. But, yeah, we both agree that it's going to be Bo on the offensive side. On the defensive side, like like I said a second ago, a lot of people on Twitter said, "Oh, and Papo, you kind of said, hey, you know, linebackers so deep with Chandler Wooten, you know, making his decision since then, that may change your mind. I bet it doesn't. It doesn't change mine. Um, who who would you say on the defensive side of the ball most important? You know, who would Auburn want least to go down? I think." It's Roger McCreary. Yeah, I've got two names in my head, and he is one of them. Yeah. He's the first name that comes to mind for me because behind him on on Auburn's cornerback depth chart. We don't know. Is, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all a big question mark yeah. uh, as far as playing that, you know, outside cornerback position. Um, with Chandler Wooten's decision, I, I get the Owen Papa one a little more, but if Owen Papo, you know, went down or sat out, you still have two senior linebackers to start for you. Mm-hmm. And then you can still play. I mean, even if it's two true freshmen in, uh, in reserve roles, like, you know, you can get away with that. Yeah. And T will, I mean, every time we question, you know, it's like, all right, is the next Auburn linebacker ready? And they come in and they're like, Oh, are they better than what they had before? So yeah. I think T will would do a good job replacing those guys as tough as it would be. Even if you took a step back, 
I don't think it would be detrimental. The other guy I was thinking is Big Cat, just because I think one leadership, and then two, I, I think he is primed for a huge season. I've said it all off season. I'm going to look so silly if he only gets like three sacks this year, but uh, <laughs> but I think he has a chance to get double digit sacks. I think he has a chance to be absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, Big Cat is my other answer, and then I got an honorable mention with Truesdale. I think uh, I think they're going to kind of base a lot of the defensive personnel around him in the middle, as far as just kind of being able to anchor down and you know eat up some double teams, and that obviously opens up other things to happen. So, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on the answer to that question. The offense, or the the defensive line, man, it's so deep. I mean, we could rattle through ten names uh, of guys that were like, oh yeah, he'll probably play. That's true. That's true. And so that's why I kind of struggle with uh, struggle with with that answer, I guess. Once again, uh, though, I mean it's it's deep, but there's only really two guys with experience. I know Derek Hall played last year, but like really, it's Big Cat and Truesdale are the only guys with experience. I mean, same same with you making the argument for Brahms with center. Once again, you know, my answer would be McCreary, like yours is, but uh, you know, just kind of making the conversation here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and you know, just to make sure we're being clear, I do think all of the guys that we've mentioned would be problematic for Auburn to lose. Oh, it'd be a bummer, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're all they're all starters and everything. Um, I, I'm excited to see Truesdale play. Uh, I, I like the answer and the creativity there with him, but Thanks, you know, man. we've talked about Connus Miller and and some of these other guys. And got and uh, what is it, Dre Butler? Dre the, Butler, the JUCO guy who's coming in. I yeah. mean, what does the Cavius Walker do as a freshman? Yeah, I mean, there's there's answers there. So that that's more, I guess, why I prefer Roger McCreary. Um, and I, I do think Big Cat Bryant is uh, a pretty good answer. One that I didn't think of for sure. Pappas, where can people uh, find you, good friend? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We're also on TikTok. We will see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.